in my view, uh, the next revolution, ecological revolution, environmental revolution, social revolution, will come through younger generation. And it will come through a woman. Because our uh, past 200 years have been dominated by masculine, aggressive um, energy and, and conquering nature and controlling the world and, and subjugating the environment. That has been the project of uh, our industrial civilization and that's very masculine. So I think the next revolution will be led by a woman and a, and a younger person. And I feel in my heart of heart that Greta Thunberg is that person. Greta Thunberg has arrived in Trump's America after a two-week voyage across the Atlantic. The articulate, seemingly fearless 16-year-old has become a hero of the environmental movement since starting her school strikes for the climate a year ago, inspiring over one million young people to do the same. In these times of environmental crisis, do we need people like Greta to show us the way? To start off the second series of Resurgence Voices, I talked to Satish Kumar, founder of the Resurgence Trust, to find out more about the heroes past and present who continued to inspire him. And I even get to ask Greta herself what she thinks about his words. I'm Marianne Brown and this is Resurgence Voices. Ethical living. Ecology. Eco-activism. Resurgence. Ideas are always manifested through human beings. Otherwise, ideas are abstract. But human beings express them, communicate with them, with their example. And Mahatma Gandhi was a supreme um, evidence of how ideas can be manifested by setting an example. Not only he believed that be the change that you want to see in the world, he really was the change. And I was inspired because when he was protesting against the British colonialism and imperialism and their taxation, particularly tax on salt, he walked from his community, his ashram in Ahmedabad, to the sea and made salt. And he started with two volunteers with him. And by the time he ended his walk at the sea, there were 10,000 people. So... Uh, I felt that if Mahatma Gandhi can walk to the sea to make salt, to, to arouse the, the awareness and action, uh, why can't I do something like that? So that was the inspiration. So I walked from India, from New Delhi, to four nuclear capitals of the world in 1962, 63, 64, those two and a half years. And so I walked from New Delhi, from the grave of Mahatma Gandhi, uh, uh, no less, and, and walked through Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iran, Azerbaijan, Armenia, Georgia, Russia, Moscow. And then I walked through uh, uh, Belorussia, Poland, Germany, Belgium, and France, and Paris. And then, of course, from France, I took a boat, uh, English Channel, 
to uh, England and then I walked from uh, Dover to London and London to Southampton and then I took a boat um, from Southampton to New York and then I walked from New York to Washington and after uh, delivering the packets of peace tea to the White House, I also met Martin Luther King and that was another great inspiration, almost like Mahatma Gandhi. I did not meet Mahatma Gandhi. I was inspired by his actions and his books and his writings and his example of his life. But I had a good fortune of meeting Martin Luther King and that was a great inspiration. Mm. Yeah, can you tell me a bit more about that? What was he like? What did you say to him? He was very humble. He, um, he was a kind of dynamo of energy. Uh, there's a kind of great aura uh, around him. Although he was a short person, but tremendously warm smile on his face. Uh, and his, like Mahatma Gandhi that I can imagine, he was also a living example. So his ideals of non-violence or non-violent action and equality among races, all those were not just words, not just ideas, they were living reality for him. And so uh, being in the presence of such a human being was life transforming. Uh, I, I have met many, many great people in my life, but I cannot imagine or cannot remember anybody um, gripping me and, and a kind of, I was totally engaged and uh, half an hour I spent with him uh, went like 10 minutes. It was such a, a great inspiration and, and, a kind, and that also inspired me. I committed myself after meeting Martin Luther King that as Martin Luther King has dedicated his life in the service of the humanity, I will dedicate my life in the service of the humanity and the planet Earth until the last breath of my life. So that was the inspiration from Martin Luther King that I made that vow then and there after meeting him. How did you feel when you heard the news of his assassination? Oh, it was very shocking. But you know, all great inspiring souls and humans like Martin Luther King gave his life for the great cause. Jesus Christ gave his life for the great cause. Mahatma Gandhi gave his life for the great cause. Abraham Lincoln gave his life to end the slavery and, and many other good causes. So many, many such great human beings give their life to save millions and millions of lives uh, in, in the world. And so although I was shocked, I was saddened, I was in tears, I could not eat, I could not sleep, for 24 hours, I was like a lost. Losing Martin Luther King was like a, a losing my father or my brother or my very dear uh, one because I had such a, an inspiring meeting with him that I could not reconcile uh, with myself. How could this be possible that a man like Martin Luther King could be assassinated? Who was such a stupid, foolish person who can do such an act? However... After 24 hours, I thought about it and I said to myself that Martin Luther King stands in the line of Jesus Christ, Mahatma Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln and many others who have sacrificed their lives to save many lives. Mm -hmm. um, that brings us on to um, um, a modern day hero um, of our times, Greta Thunberg, whom I know you greatly admire. Um, she's only 16. She's um, She's really been 
sort of catapulted into the the public's imagination and she's sparked this incredible global movement um just talking about that responsibility of leadership uh you know dedicating your life to a cause a uh, lot of people are concerned that she is she's only 16 and she's got she's carrying this great burden for for all of us um i mean how do you feel about that i don't think she is carrying any burden for all of us she in my view is something more than a human being she is being driven by some kind of divine power otherwise at age 16 that kind of wisdom that kind of insight that kind of courage that kind of fearlessness is not kind of explainable mm. and so i don't think she's getting any burden she's being a messenger and in my view uh, the next revolution ecological revolution environmental revolution social revolution will come through younger generation and it will come through a woman because our uh, past 200 years have been dominated by masculine aggressive um, energy and and conquering nature and controlling the world and and subjugating the environment that has been the project of uh, our industrial civilization and that's very masculine so i think the next revolution will be led by a woman and a, and a younger person and i feel in my heart of heart that greta thunberg is that person and it's not just just she herself as a human being but i think some kind of um, divine power but also some kind of unseen unimaginable unexplainable uh, forces are working through her so i think we should cherish it we should celebrate it we should support her as much as we can and don't feel shy and don't feel restrained that oh we should not put any burden on her because she's going to be everywhere she is going to be on the cover of vogue she is going to be in united nations so she is going to be around so we have to celebrate and not have doubts and questions about it brilliant yeah excellent um one thing about greta thunberg is her well her honesty and her brutal honesty in many ways i mean her famous quote is um i want you to feel the fear that i feel every day and i want you to act um and this kind of tapping into this kind of primal fear seems to be quite a common theme with extinction rebellion also it's almost almost hopeless um how how do you feel about this because it seems to be your life's work has been about finding hope but extinction rebellion is concerned their manifesto clearly states that we are driven by power of love and and that inspires me um as far as greta thunberg is concerned she is afraid of uh, the future of her generation and the kind of legacy we are going to leave for the younger generation is very frightening and therefore uh, she is being honest and she is expressing her fear but uh, if i was to advise greta i would say to her that i totally support you i think you are uh, my hero but um, act out of love because the power of love is greater than the power of fear and uh, martin luther king mahatma gandhi all these uh, nelson mandela the same uh, all these great uh, transformative leaders have been driven by the power of love and therefore if you love the earth love the humanity love the future love our forests and oceans and and animals and everything upon this earth then out of that love you act 
and and something will change something will emerge something will happen so i will advise her to use power of love and hope and not power of fear however um, she has to be herself and if she is driven by this great panic and a fear of um, the catastrophe which is facing humanity then um, who am i to 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 tell her what to do um, i am driven by love and not by fear mm-hmm. excellent okay i mean just going back to extinction rebellion as well i think because the the founders have seemed to have made a, an effort to make it leaderless to make it a kind of organic movement how do you think this works in a world where we do look for leaders and we do need people like Greta Thunberg to kind of show us the way? You know, this idea that um, a leader leads everything, this is not true. Greta Thunberg cannot be who she is without millions of young boys and girls around the world coming out of um, uh, their homes, coming out of their schools every Friday, a Friday for the future, striking for the future. If these millions of people were not leading themselves, um, so uh, so this idea that only one leader can lead the world is not the right idea. I think everybody is a leader in their own place and we should all go out and act in our own way. Sometimes media and sometimes you get a bit of powerful person like Nelson Mandela was a kind of a figure who inspired millions of people around the world. So I would not say that, oh, why should we have Nelson Mandela? We should not have Nelson Mandela. I think sometimes we have to um, celebrate such um, souls and such human spirits which emerge. But leader cannot do anything unless we all become leaders in our own place. Everybody's a leader. Nobody should be thinking that somebody else is going to save the world. Greta is not going to save the world. Or, or Nelson Mandela is going not to save the world. Martin Luther King is not going to save the world. There's a million of people who march um, in every town, every city, every neighborhood of the United States of America in the 60s and 70s to make the racialism uh, a yesterday's story. That's everybody has to be a leader. So with the, the, the school strikes and the strike for the climate, do you have any plans for the 20th of September? Where will you be? Yes, I will be in Ladakh. And I will be organizing and leading a march, uh, if not leading, participating in a march in Leh on the 22nd of uh, September. Fantastic. And and just one final thing, um, to dedicate your life to a cause uh, is emotionally a, a huge um, undertaking, emotionally and physically. Uh, and I think no matter whether you're a hero of our times or you're participating in a movement, burnout can be a huge issue. What advice do you have to people who are struggling with this? Burnout happens when you are craving for results and you're working for an outcome. Um, What I am saying to myself, I don't have burnout. I have been activist for the last 50 years or 60 years. And I have worked for peace, for environment, for ecology, for spirituality, for social justice, for many, many good causes. But I do it out of my love, out of a sense of service for the humanity and for the planet Earth. And when you do it for love and as a sense of service, until you die, you continue to serve. Um, It doesn't matter what is the result. And so activism is a process. 
Activism is a journey, not a destination. Activism is not something to achieve today or tomorrow. Activism is there in the service of humanity. So if you go uh, and be an activist with that sense of dedication, commitment, love, um, and, and a service, then you have no burnout. So burnout is only a result of frustration and disappointment. But if I'm not expecting anything, then there's no disappointment. And so I advise all activists to act out of love and, and see their activism as a process, as a journey and not a destination. Perfect. And um, do you have anything you would like to say to the people who might be thinking about or planning to take part in the global strike on the 20th of September? Yes, I want to say whatever you are doing, drop everything and join this movement because um, the, the cli climate crisis is the headline. And if we can focus on climate crisis and then understand what are the causes of climate crisis. And the causes are our lifestyle, the way we consume, the way we, um, the, the way we work, the way we produce, uh, the, the way we uh, become dependent on such fossil fuel and so much energy and a wasteful um, lifestyle and a pollutant lifestyle. So the causes of climate change will be addressed when we focus on the, um, on the crisis which we are facing today. So come out of your home, come out of your office, come out of your school and make your voice heard in the world. And if millions of people around the world raise their voice, then the industrialists, the politicians, the policymakers, the business leaders, the banks, the, uh, the, um, the oil companies, all these have to listen. It's the people's voice will have the real power. Public opinion is the real superpower. America is not superpower. Russia is not superpower. China is not superpower. The oil, oil companies and fossil fuel companies are not superpower. It's the public opinion is a superpower. So I want people to come out and make their voice heard. So what does Greta herself think of Satish's words? Against a backdrop of clapping waves, seagull cries and drones at Plymouth's Mayflower Marina, I was able to find out. Joining a scrum of journalists wielding cameras and recording equipment, I was able to catch a sight of the teenager before she sailed to New York and ask her what she thought of being described as more than a human being. Yeah, hi, I'm Marianne from Resurgent Synecologist magazine. Um, Peace activist um, Satish Kumar has described you as something more than a human being and he says that you are driven by a divine force and he also says that your message has to be given by a young woman in these times of um, environmental crisis. What is your response to that? Um, I'm definitely not more than a human being um, and uh, I mean I don't I think it's good that, I mean, someone's voice is getting heard. There are so many people whose voice are, are getting heard in this matter. So every, every person who fights for the same thing and whose voice gets heard is very important. And, and it doesn't really matter who that person is, what background that person has, as long as it has dedication and wants to fight for a better world. Later in the day, I watched a zero-carbon racing yacht take to the waves of Plymouth Harbour. 
As the boat slid past, the small figure of Greta in black sailing gear waved to supporters from Extinction Rebellion who were gathered to see her off. The boat sailed into the horizon, carrying with it a messenger of our times. That's all from Resurgence Voices for now. If you want to support this podcast and the other great work we do at the Resurgence Trust, please visit our website, resurgence.org. Until next time, thanks for listening. 